Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... How the Legendary Archer Single-Handedly Ended a War Hi everyone, All Things D&D is back with another story, and a special guest narrator, Runesmith. He posts a lot of amazing D&D content on a weekly basis, and is one of my favorite creators. We're super stoked to have him with us tonight narrating this amazing story, written by Felix, the same author who wrote your favorite necromancer story, Astashan. Rune Smith plus Felix equals greatness, and that's exactly what we have for you here. An overpowered archer, who's probably the most badass character you've ever seen. Let us know what you thought of him after you listen to this. I'm playing 3.5 with a group of buddies from back when I taught pioneering. The campaign will mostly be outside in big areas. Mobility is huge. Two of the guys, who have played with me before, pick the magic glasses before the DM even offers me a choice. They rolled a knightly paladin, an armored cleric, and a weird wizard. So they need some non-magic range damage. The guys who've played with me before start smiling. They know I can't screw that up. I've been teaching survival and archery for weeks. Welsh blood flows through my veins, and I know what to do. I channel my heritage and historical knowledge. Llewellyn Op Malis, Human fighter and cragtop archer with his falcon Saith, an older retired military vet with a full beard and long hair. He doesn't talk much, but carries a big stick. And by big stick, I mean item-familiar composite dragonbone great bow. All of his feats go to range, accuracy, and power. He has different arrows for different tasks, bodkins, broadheads, barbed. He makes every shot count. I don't give a damn about the rate of fire, and I work it out with the DM in exchange for more damage and a higher crit chance. He refuses to use spells or magic. The most he will use are his bracers, his family bow, and enchanted arrows, if necessary. This man can reach out and touch someone at 400 feet without even getting a penalty. Max is out at about 4,000. Eat your damn heart out, Legolas. The party says that this range is nuts. Even the initial range is BS. So I grab my longbow and I take everyone out to the range. We go behind the range, keep going, and then proceed to lob a few arrows at 600 feet. The top historical range is about 1,200 feet. 600 was the minimum for practice. Anything shorter, you used heavier bows. The party still says that it's BS. Historical archers didn't have bracers of greater archery or talking bows larger than them made out of goddamn dragons. They finally agree, and they let me keep him. Nobody else can pronounce his name. It sounds like they're coughing up organs, so everyone calls him Louie instead. I run some numbers. At max range, it would take two turns before the arrow hit the target. I am the artillery. The party gets summoned by a lord to assist in a massive battle that his army is marching to. The heroes are already somewhat legendary, thus the summons and solid starting levels. Most of the party is honored. But Louis is pissed that they summoned him again, after he retired. He's got a nice little cabin up in the mountains with his wife. His kids are starting to raise families. He's done with his life. He just wants to go home. But we set off on our magical adventure. Saith is almost always in the air. I'm constantly rolling d20s and handing notes back and forth to the DM. The party is confused and worried. Halfway through the second day, Louis stops, pulls his bowstring out from under his hood, and strings up his bow. He knocks an arrow and fires it into the unknown, somewhere down the trail, then knocks another and does it again. 
The party freaks out and gets ready, but nothing happens for five rounds. Louis just stands there. Then he starts shooting again. Thirteen rounds later, the remnants of the patrol reach us. The party kills all fifteen soldiers pretty quickly. They look back at the archer nervously and continue down the trail. They find another fifteen men lying dead in the dirt, spaced out every 120 feet except for a stretch of about 700 feet. Two were near each other, just under half a mile away. The cleric asks what in the name of the gods just happened. Louis calmly explains the situation. Saith spotted the 30-man patrol half a mile away. Louis fired and the arrow hit one the next round. The captain told the men to form up and move forward. He got hit the turn after that. The troops weren't stupid. They broke formation and started to zigzag while sprinting. Louis waited five turns until they got within a third of a mile where the arrows took less than a turn to travel and Louis didn't need to guess where they were running. He didn't want to risk wasting any arrows. The party is now visibly terrified of this archer. As expected, Louis doesn't fight normal. Rather than prancing around the encounter, firing arrows all over the place like a shield-riding elf that wanted to grow up to be a ballerina, he prefers to fight the traditional way. Whenever the fighting starts, he stops wherever he happens to be, picks out the arrow that he wants, knocks it, and gives some poor fool a third eye socket. Then he repeats this process every turn until he runs out of things to shoot. He flat out refuses to move unless absolutely necessary, even if the fight starts carrying on down the street, into another block, out of town, and then cascades out into the countryside. As long as he fights less than a third of a mile away, someone is going to grow a three-foot-long branch out of the side of their head every round. Any farther than that, and it just takes another turn or two to get there. He would have to guess what square people are going to be in the next turn. It's like playing Battleship with a railgun. Gods help anyone if he's on higher ground. He gets a damage and accuracy bonus for that, too. Saith makes sure that he can see absolutely everything all the time. His feats let him ignore cover, the arrows just punching straight through whatever's in the way. Regular arrows are pinning people to trees and knocking them off their feet. The party craps a brick whenever he pulls out the magic arrows. Explosive arrows turn him into a mortar. Splitters hit twice. Seekers turn him into a heat-seeking ballista of pure pain. There is no escape. They finally make it to the army after multiple sidetracks and encounters that followed the usual theme. The enemy army is positioned across the field. They break out the big formation's rules. Louis takes control of all the archers. He leaves his normal arrows back at the supply train. He just wants to get this over with. He takes all his archers over to a hill and has them start cutting trees down. The next day there's a wooden tower, a light wooden wall, and a crapload of stakes in the ground. He's not gonna budge. The rest of the army forms up and gets ready. The evil champion rides out to meet with the paladin. Typical heavy dark armor, extremely loud and full of himself, and has to yell everything. This guy demands to go up against our greatest fighter. Louis was a very literal man, and that was a very poor choice of words. One round later, a phasing arrow goes flying past the paladin, ignoring the champion's armor, and turns him into a new kind of unicorn. And this causes the enemy army to charge. Louis goes up in his tower and starts blasting captains and commanders into another plane of existence. All the archers begin to volley arrows wherever his shots land, after they get in range, of course. The two armies collide in the middle of the battlefield, blade ringing against blade. It's a barbaric scene. 
Every turn or so, a captain explodes, and his unit gets hammered with hundreds of arrows. The paladin and the cleric are buffing everyone into the stratosphere as they turn the front lines into a blender of holy fury. And the wizard's just chucking random spells around. In other related news, enemy morale is now at an all-time low. They're starting to break when they unleash their secret weapon. Golems. A full regiment of golems. Louis starts lobbing adamantine arrows into them, but he can only hit one at a time. The wizard starts mass transmuting the ground to mud and doing anything else that can slow down this golem death train. Louis fires explosive arrows into the mud, sending chunks of mud flying, but we can't stop them. The cleric and the paladin find some loophole in their programming involving something holy and cause a mass case of berserk. The golems are now going nuts, destroying absolutely everything, including each other. And both armies are getting the hell away. A few turns pass by of staying a safe distance away and blasting the ones that get too close to Fort Bowman. They finally get it back under control. The enemy is routing, but they need to get the Dark Lord or he will be back. And Louis knows he's out there somewhere. Saith sees a black suit of armor a mile away. So Louis pulls out one of the magic flight arrows of distance to boost his range out to a mile, which puts it almost at max range. This is a negative 18 penalty to hit, and the arrow needs to fly for two turns. The cleric and the paladin are both throwing blessings and prayers out like crazy. The wizard casts some spell I can't remember and patted Louis on the back. He gets an absolutely absurd buff to hit. They completely cancel out the penalty, but he still needs to predict the movement of a frightened lord on horseback two turns in advance. Remember, he's frightened. He needs to move maximum distance away from us every turn. Louis takes a breath, calm as always. The entire army prepares for the longest 12 seconds of their lives. He knocks an arrow, adjusts for distance, fires. While the world holds its breath, Louis turns around, unstrings his bow, and starts going home. Louis didn't miss a single shot that entire campaign. Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Catch our new episode exactly after two days. Until next time! <laughs>